coming up next on Contemplate. Jesus claimed to be God and proved it by rising from the dead. That's what happened. That was Pastor David Robinson from Axe Church, and this is another Contemplate podcast. We're talking about the resurrection of Jesus and whether it's for real or just another legend. And Pastor David has been giving us some facts that are generally accepted by all scholars, and we'll begin with another one. Here's Pastor David. Fact number four, this is the last fact, okay? The original disciples believed that Jesus was risen from the dead despite they're having every predisposition to the contrary, okay? The original disciples believed that Jesus was risen from the dead despite their having every predisposition to the contrary. Here's the thing. The Messiah was not supposed to die. In the Jewish belief of the time, the Messiah was not supposed to die or rise again or do any of that. The Messiah was supposed to come and save them from the oppression and restore the kingdom of David to the Israelites. That's what they were looking for. They had no reason to believe in a dying and rising Messiah that just wasn't part of the worldview that they were carrying at all. Not only that, but to die as a criminal under execution meant you were cursed by God. That was their worldview. That was what they believed. So when Jesus died, executed as a criminal, to them it was more like, well, I guess the Pharisees were right and we were wrong. Because you only die in that way if God has cursed you. So they didn't have any reason to believe that Jesus would rise from the dead. It wasn't in their mind that he would do that. The Jewish belief was that resurrection, for those Jews who believed in resurrection, which they didn't all, was that it happened at the very end of the age. So best case scenario, they don't think Jesus is accursed They would go to his tomb and make sure that it stayed closed and that they took care of it and whatever so that it would be ready at the very end of time for Jesus to rise from the dead. The idea that he would rise in a few days, it just just wasn't there. It just wasn't there. But the disciples did believe that he rose from the dead because he rose from the dead. That's the thing. Here's what scholar N.T. Wright says. That is why, as a historian, I cannot explain the rise of early Christianity unless Jesus rose again, leaving an empty tomb behind him. These are the facts, and scholars of all stripes generally agree on them. That's just the way it is. They agree that these things are true, these four things I've told you. Okay, once again, here they are. Jesus was buried by Joseph of Arimathea. The tomb was found to be empty on Sunday. Jesus appeared bodily alive to many people. And the disciples had every reason not to believe it. Those are the facts. Now, with these facts in place, there are still some issues. Skeptics are still around. And they interpret, although they agree with these facts, they will interpret them according to their worldview. We've talked about this. Your worldview will drive the way you interpret facts. It's like a lens that you see the world through. If your worldview demands that there is no God or that there is no such thing as miracles, you must find another way to explain these facts. Yes, they're facts. 
Yes, people saw these things. Yes, there was an empty tomb. Yes, yes, yes. However, since I don't believe that there's a God or I don't believe in miracles, I have to find another way to interpret the facts. And people have done so. And I'm going to tell you what they've found. We're going to look at five of the most common objections of the resurrection. Five of the most common ways that people have interpreted the data to try to have all of the facts be true, but no risen Jesus. All right, number one. This is called the wrong tomb theory. It says the women just went to the wrong tomb. All right. This theory doesn't make a lot of sense, and we'll talk about why. Okay, look, first of all, Mary Magdalene, who went to the tomb first, was a skeptic. Watch this. John 20, 1 through 2. Now, the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, He is risen. Nope. That's not what she said. They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. She did not go to the tomb and assume resurrection. She went to the tomb and assumed someone had taken the body. She wasn't looking for a resurrection. They weren't looking for a resurrection. That wasn't what was going on. So this idea that she went to the wrong tomb. Look, if she did not know which tomb it was, and she saw an empty one, she would have passed right by it. If she was just kind of looking for it, she would not have gone to the empty tomb. She didn't expect him to be in an empty tomb. That's not what she was looking for. Not to mention that Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the Gospels that record these issues, say that the women went on the day that Jesus died and was laid in the tomb, that they went with him and saw where he was laid because they were going to come back later and dress the body. So they knew where it was. They made note of it. Not to mention that everybody knew where it was because it was Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. And the Romans knew and the Christians knew and the Jews knew. They all knew where this tomb was. Okay? Here's the thing. They didn't go to the wrong tomb. If they went to the wrong tomb when Christianity started to rise and the Pharisees said, okay, I'm getting a little sick of this. I don't really like this. They would have walked out to where the tombs were, rolled back the stone in the right tomb and like, hey, he's right there. To which they would have been like, oh, this is so embarrassing. You know, I went to the wrong tomb and made this whole religion up. <laughs> it's nonsense. They didn't go to the wrong tomb. This was kind of an important fact to them. Oops. Oh, it was the one next door. <laughs> yeah. That's not what happened. It's not what happened, okay? So, on the wrong tomb theory. Next, a spiritual resurrection. Was it a spiritual resurrection? This theory says that Jesus did not actually rise from the dead. It was simply a spiritual resurrection. Okay, a couple problems with this. First, no one was claiming that there was a spiritual resurrection. It's not the basis of the Bible. It's not what the disciples were going around saying. It's not the type of thing that you die for. Oh, Jesus rose in my heart, so yes, go ahead and kill me for saying that he actually rose. No. No one was saying that it was a spiritual resurrection, okay? Remember that Thomas, doubting Thomas, he said, look, show me the nail holes in his hands and the spear hole in his side where he was impaled. I want to put my hand in it. I want to see his body. That's what they were talking about. They weren't talking about a spiritual resurrection. 
That's not what they were talking about. Not to mention that if it's a spiritual resurrection, why the empty tomb? Where's the body? No point in it being a spiritual resurrection. People simply did not martyr themselves for a spiritual resurrection. They just didn't do it. Okay, This is the cornerstone, the cornerstone of the Christian faith, that Jesus rose bodily from the grave. That was the doctrine then. That's the doctrine now. Nobody was saying that there was a spiritual resurrection. So that one's out. Next, hallucination. Okay? It was a hallucination. People were so emotionally connected to Jesus that they hallucinated his resurrection. Ooh. All right? Here's the thing. First of all, 1 Corinthians passage that we read, Jesus appeared to an awful lot of people. An awful lot of people. You could go ask them what they saw. That was Paul's point. Ask them, what did you see? They would have been able to describe it, and and people would have been able to make their judgment on whether what they thought the person saw was a hallucination or a real thing, right? I could do that with you. If you said you saw something and I started talking to you, I might realize at some point, no, I think what you saw was a hallucination. What kind of mushrooms were those that you had for lunch, right? Wasn't a hallucination. Not to mention that it's recorded that over 500 people at once saw Jesus alive after he was dead at the same time. All 500 people hallucinated the same thing at the same time. It's a bit implausible. It's a bit of a stretch to try to interpret these facts. Not to mention there's still an empty tomb. Where's the body? If it's just a hallucination, what's the point of not having a body there? Okay. Next one. That the disciples stole the body. The theft of the body by the disciples theory just says the disciples that came by at night took Jesus' body, and off they went. Off they went. This is the oldest one, by the way. We find this in Matthew 28, that the chief priests are telling the Roman soldiers to go say that the disciples stole the body. Now, here's the thing. Roman soldiers were bad boys, okay? They were the real deal. Y'all have seen Gladiator? These guys are serious, man. They're hanging out by this tomb. If they're told to guard a tomb and someone comes and steals the body out of that tomb, they could be executed. So I'm just saying they were pretty serious about it. They did not all just nod off and the disciples, you know, tiptoed through, the Roman soldiers, you know. It didn't happen. And then they rolled the stone away because I'm sure that's quiet. (laughs) Right? They go in, they steal the body, but wait! Let's take all his clothes off and fold them up and put him down first. Because we got all the time in the world to outrun these Romans. Because these guys were so brave, as you well know. I mean, it was just three days ago that Peter's sitting there and some little girl says, Hey, you're one of the followers of Christ. And, no, I'm not. Because he was afraid of a little bit of pain. He wasn't taking on Roman soldiers. Come on. That's pretty silly. That's pretty silly. Now, here's the thing. If they did, let's just assume for a moment that they did. So they go, they steal the body. I don't know what they do with it at that point. They go hide it somewhere. Then they make up this story about him rising from the dead. What are the perks? What are they getting out of that? Misunderstanding, mocking, being chased from city to city, having rocks thrown at their head, being crucified, being boiled in oil. I could go on, being sawed in half. These are not perks. 
for making up a story. First, I got to go challenge Roman soldiers and possibly get killed. Then if I can get the body out, get it somewhere and hide it, then I can make up a story that will get me killed. Not bright. Not to mention the disciples and over 500 other people had to keep this hoax up. They had to keep the hoax up. Charles Colson, who was involved in the Watergate scandal, you may remember Chuck Colson, he's involved in the Watergate scandal, he said this about the resurrection. I know the resurrection is a fact, and Watergate proved it to me. How? Because 12 men testified they had seen Jesus raised from the dead. Then they proclaimed that truth for 40 years, never once denying it. Everyone was beaten, tortured, stoned, and put in prison. They would not have endured that if it weren't true. Watergate embroiled 12 of the most powerful men in the world, and they couldn't keep alive for three weeks. You're telling me 12 apostles could keep alive for 40 years? Absolutely impossible. It doesn't work. Conspiracies don't stay together when the oil heats up and the saw comes out and the cross goes up and the chains come on. They just don't. They just don't. Disciples did not steal the body. Okay. Next, the swoon theory. This is a fun one. Um, this is that Jesus Christ did not actually die on the cross. He just passed out, and he revived later. Okay? Hey, this is out there. This is common. Go watch the Discovery Channel. Swoon theory, okay? First of all, first problem with the swoon theory out of the gate. If the Romans knew how to do anything, it was kill people. They knew how to do it. Again, I told you, you've seen Gladiator. They will kill somebody, man. They beat him beyond belief. They made him walk with this cross up a hill. Okay? They nailed him to the cross. Then later they took a spear, shoved it up in his side, and paled him into his heart sack, and blood and water came out. That's what happened. They knew what they were doing. They knew that he was dead when they put him in the tomb. Okay, He did not, as some say, lay down in the tomb, and as the cool of the air in the tomb hit him, he revived. Like he's been beaten, he's been, he's been you know, not, I mean, he's just, he's just jacked up, he's stabbed, he's, he's nailed, and all of a sudden, a little coolness is like, oh, gets up, he's like, whew, that was close, right? <laughs> Man, almost got me there. I'm feeling great, I'm going to roll this stone out of the way. Go find some disciples, and this Bible says, I'm going to jog to Emmaus seven miles after being crucified, after being stabbed, after being beaten. Look, I can't jog seven miles right now without dying, okay? You're going to tell me that this guy that went through what he went through, unquestionably, historically, we know what the Romans did to him, that he woke up, he just passed out a little bit. Just a little bit of a rough day that he woke up from? Zombie Jesus theory? No. Did not happen. Jesus was dead. Dead. Okay? Now, um, none of these interpretations of the evidence are being very fair to the truth, but they're necessary because of the worldviews that drive the interpretations. I'm going to give you one more just because it's fun. Dr. William Lane Craig, who we've been taking some of this material from, talks about a guy that he debated with. This guy was from um, UC Davis, I think. Um, no, UC Irvine. And this guy did his dissertation 
on the resurrection of Christ, okay? Did his dissertation. This guy was a serious scholar of Christ, and, be, and he believed all the four facts that we talked about were true. And the way that he got around it was this. It's called the twin theory. Jesus had a twin brother, and nobody knew about it. At birth, they were separated, and the twin went somewhere far away. Right at the time that Jesus died in Jerusalem, this, Tim, this twin happened to show up and went around and told everybody that he was his dead brother. Look how far they'll go. Look how far they'll go to stretch the evidence because, they, because the evidence is undeniable. But in order to interpret it in such a way that they can deny the resurrection of Christ, they'll say crazy things. This is a scholar saying Jesus had a twin brother. Come on. Come on. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. Jesus claimed to be God and proved it by rising from the dead. That's what happened. That's what happened. That's what people saw. That's what people lived for. That's what people died for and have done so for 2,000 years since. There's a reason that within 300 years of this event, over half of the Roman Empire is following Christ. This obscure break-off religion from Judaism, which they didn't even like, has swept the world. Why? Because people convinced them that he died and that he rose again. They were convinced of it. And when you become convinced of that fact and you understand the big story and where you stand to God, it changes you. Think about this. The women and the disciples walked around with Jesus for three years, saw him do all kinds of miracles, feeding 5,000 here, feeding 4,000 there, raising Lazarus from the dead. People are seeing, people are walking. Who didn't see and walk before? That's the important part. They see all these things, and yet they did not believe at first that he had risen from the dead. That wasn't what they were looking for, even though he had told them what was going to happen. You have Peter who saw the transfiguration of Christ. He's glowing. There's Moses and Elijah. Peter is so taken back by it. He's like, let's just stay here. He's had this kind of an experience. And yet, when a little pain comes his way, he denies Christ three times. Yet, these same people, including James, Jesus' brother, who did not believe him at all, go from that state of mind to a state of mind after they claimed they had seen him risen, where they were willing to go through any pain, any time, for that fact. How does somebody change like that? Because they saw him rise from the dead. That's the fact. That's what happened. Luke Johnson, who's a New Testament scholar from Emory University, says this, some sort of powerful transformative experience is required to generate the sort of movement earliest Christianity was. You think? You think? This is why we believe that Jesus is alive. This is why we believe that he's the only way to heaven. When I was uh, in college, I was a philosophy major. And one of the great atheists that we used to read was a guy named Anthony Flew. And he was a, a good writer, um, a powerful defender of atheism. And, you know, he's the kind of guy who you read and you really have to take seriously the things that he wrote. Well, over time, over the course of time, Anthony Flew has dealt with the evidence. He's actually moved from being an atheist to being a theist. He actually believes in God now. And one of the things that Anthony Flew, this very famous atheist who's now a theist, has said is this, the evidence for the resurrection is better than for 
claimed miracles in any other religion. It is outstandingly different in quality and quantity. There is better quality evidence and more of it than for any other miracle. The disciples either saw Jesus rise from the dead or they were crazy. You can look at the historical records and decide for yourself whether they were crazy. They wrote pretty well for crazy people. They preached pretty well for crazy people. They seemed to have their heads on their shoulders. They either saw it or they won. They either saw it or they didn't. Remember, there were probably a dozen false messiahs on either side of Christ who were around historically. None of them, when they died, had their followers said that they rose from the dead. Their followers went, whoop, I'm out of here. Obviously did not work out for us. Wrong messiah. But when Jesus died, they said he rose again. Completely different than what was going on at that time. Now you can walk away from this, and you can forget about it, and you can move on with your life. You can believe it's true and still forget about it. I don't know how many Netflix documentaries I've watched, and afterwards I'm like, dude, I've got to be a vegetarian. This is some serious stuff. Look what they're doing to those cows. It takes me like five minutes till I want a Big Mac, okay? It doesn't stay. It doesn't have any staying power with me. It's just a Netflix documentary. I'll go online and try to find out what's wrong with it, okay? Here's the deal. This is a fact that you cannot walk away from without consequences, Jesus has shown you that he's risen from the dead, that God has proved himself in Christ, and that that fact can give you life, real life. Towards the end of John's gospel, chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, he says this. It says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not recorded in this book, but these have been recorded so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and so that through believing you may have life in his name. There's a reason why they wrote this down. It was for you. To prove it to you, not to tell you a legend or a story, but to give you facts that you could go investigate and figure out whether they were true, and if they were true, decide to live and die for them. That's what this Sunday is about. This Sunday is about the fact that we are free in Christ. This Sunday is about the fact that I was lost and gone and separated from God and that Christ died and rose again, and now I can have life. That's what this Sunday is about, Resurrection Sunday. That's what every Sunday is about. That's why we celebrate on Sundays. That's why we're here every Sunday, because of what Jesus has done. This is it. This is the crux of Christianity. This day is so much bigger than Christmas or any other day on the calendar. Because this is the day when we celebrate the resurrection of Christ from the dead, which means that you can have life. You've been listening to Pastor David Robinson from Acts Church, and this is Contemplate. It's true. It's all true. And because it's true, you can have life. And we would like nothing better than to help you find that life in Christ. So if you still have questions or aren't sure what to do, call us at Axe Church, 360-885-9000. Or even better, come see us this Sunday morning. No matter what you might be going through, everything can change as you find forgiveness, peace, and hope. 360-885-9000. 
So come see us this Sunday. Thanks for listening, and be sure to check out the next episode for more with Pastor David Robinson from Acts Church here on Contemplate. Contemplate.